Good morning. Welcome to our next episode of the Squadcast. I'm Sloan. I'm Phil. I'm Nicole. Jeremy. Wendy. And Kate. And we have some exciting things to talk about today. So y'all touched a little bit on some common misconceptions of flip learning. Does anybody have any other common things that people might be confused about? Yeah, I think one other misconception is that flip learning is more work for teachers. Um, it's not really more work, it's just structuring your work differently. So it's, you're still doing the same amount of work and maybe even less work. You're just doing it at different times and you're, you know, you're presenting it in a different way. Yeah, I think teachers feel like, number one, they have to have, if it's a, normally a 45-minute class, then the video needs to take up a good bit of that time. But these videos need to be short in, in length, and, and they don't have to be perfect. I can remember the first time I tried to flip lesson, it took me about two hours to make my first video. And then right as I was finishing, one of my kids said something at the very end, and I was like just done. At that point, the kids were getting this video, whether it had my kid talking in the end, and it actually turned out to be quite funny. The kids came in talking about it the next day. So that was actually something I started doing is trying to make some funny joke or something in there um, so that my kids, I knew my kids watched it because they came in talking about it. You know, when you look at like different learning styles and, you know, profiles of different students, you know, and and the fact that we're surrounded by a world of information, all you got to do is get your Chromebook out or your phone out and, and look get for it. Google. Yeah, you know, I mean, students coming to class with knowledge and then the teacher, you know, let's let's see what you know, let's apply this. And then assessing, you know, we some of our best assessment of students' understanding is how well they can apply what they think they know. So, you know, really just putting it, uh, some of it on the kids, helping them to find information, but, you know, giving them a, a whole bunch of, you know, ways to, to look up, get that knowledge and bring it to class ready to apply it. And that leads me to one of my own children who sometimes she'll have some flipped in her Google classroom. There'll be a video or something and she'll say, oh, that's just a video or, oh, you know, we can watch it if we want. So we've had to talk to her about, you know, you're watching it and you're kind of, you know, jotting down mental notes or taking notes as if you would if you were reading an article or something. Nicole, that's a good point. I think um, we hope that every kid's going to come to school or, you know, um, do the work before they get there. And we have to think about how can we take out those stops from, you know, oh, my internet was down or I didn't have time and giving them those opportunities and making sure that they are watching those videos before they actually um, are doing the practice, because if they don't, then they're going to be lost. So pulling out all those stops. And maybe even thinking about ways that you can kind of blend some of those models, like, you know, you don't have to watch it before class. Maybe you pull in, like, build a station for the in-class model or whatever, if you know that that's a situation. And things are a little different now, obviously, with COVID. Everybody knows that. Um, but how, so in the past, one of the big uh, barriers, I guess, to kind of embracing this model would be, oh, my kids don't have internet. We don't all have devices, that kind of stuff. Well, we're kind of sitting pretty at this point um, because pretty much if you need internet, you're going to have access to it with the hotspots and everybody has devices. Um, what are some other things that you guys think might be kind of different in terms of what education looks like today and how flip learning could look in the different versions? Well, I think um, Kate touched on that that rotation model is more elementary, but I think this is a perfect opportunity to kind of pull that rotation model into those middle high um, schools because you have kids, some kids sitting at home 
some kids sitting in the classroom. And I know that's also something that teachers have struggled with trying to keep the attention of kids at school and students at home. And if you were able to build in a piece of that rotation model, it may be that you are, your kids at home are watching or reading or doing whatever that flipped piece is at a certain time in your class where you're able to work um, kind of one-on-one or small groups to the students in class and then getting that face-to-face time through Google Meet or Zoom or whatever with those students at home so that they can engage those students because I think engagement is what we're struggling with and that that might be one way to kind of solve that engagement piece. Mm -hmm. That way you're able to talk and ask questions. I think that connects back to what Jeremy said about the misconception of um, it kind of being like more work because how often do we hear, you know, we don't have time for this. We don't have time to check in with all our kids. And really, if you think about structuring it the way Lindy just said, that would give you the time to stop and check in with those kids who are learning from home individually and just make sure they have what they need and clear up anything going on. Um, Think about it like that. And I think the silver lining to the whole COVID situation and everything is that this accelerated quite tremendously the access that people have to to the internet and has really accelerated the content creation piece out there too where there is a a lot of really good content of course there's a lot of bad content out there too Um, but you know students have access to a lot of information about knowledge so teachers you know decreasing the pressure on them to being the, like Jeremy said, the ones that have to come up with all of the learning resources for students help to curate some of it, but yeah. don't feel the burden of like, I got to create everything, mm-hmm. assess their application of what it is that they're, how they're applying the information that they're getting. Mm-hmm. And one of the last, um, I think, common misconceptions is that students are going to just know how to do these flipped lessons. And I think it's really, really important that you teach your students how to read or watch um, the flipped learning happening because if this is the first time that they're having to do it, I think, you know, setting up those expectations and showing them how it's done is extremely important. Yeah, like with anything, you know, you wouldn't just jump right into anything really without having these conversations. Here's what I expect. Here's what might happen. What could we do to troubleshoot if this or this happens? Definitely. And those accountability measures too. You know, how are you going to show that they did it? Is there an artifact that they have to come back? A question related to something else, or use it as a platform to kind of start applying it to, you know, their project or whatever they're doing in class with you. Absolutely. Real world skill of kids. You know, if you are putting some of this, you know, you're they're gathering knowledge and information before coming into class, like teaching them skills and strategies to you know, how to, you know, I take notes for a lack of a better way to, to put it, but like, what are some creative ways, effective ways that students can take note on what it is that they're learning so that they can, when they're coming in to apply it, the teacher can see, well, what it is that you have and how are you applying it and breaking that down? Mm-hmm. The traditional fashion notes are, here's the notes on the board, you take them down and what does that really mean? You know, mm-hmm. is that a real life skill? Right. And I think, um, that is probably all of our time that we have for today, but Phil just segued as usual into a great idea for next week. We're going to dig deeper into some of those tools or, um, you know, like note-taking things and things that teachers can use while they are creating, if they're choosing to create their own content or where they can find access to other great uh, resources so that they can curate that content for their students. So hope you guys have a great week. Let us know if you need anything. Happy flipping.